Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Welcome back to a second top five reading recommendations and back by popular demand. We got some good feedback from Greg Moffat's amazing episode where he shared about five books and he cheated because he also had some bonus books in there, which were fabulous. He also brought in children's books. Yeah, it was just an amazing chance to provide resources. And that's what the Aspire podcast is all about. That was my mission behind just bringing phenomenal guests on to not only share about their experiences, but then also giving some fantastic resources that they're about. And I have the honor and pleasure of bringing someone who is a fantastic leader up in Canada in the Ontario area, Brad Hughes. Brad, thank you so much for joining me today. Joshua, I am thrilled to be with you and and great to talk leadership, great to talk podcasting, great to talk aspire, and also great to talk about these book recommendations. It's been wonderful to review all these recommendations and look forward to sharing them out to you. Yeah. And Brad, just so the listeners know who you are, you are a principal, but then also you are a podcaster. So would you just share what you're all about as far as your leadership position? I know you've got lots of projects that you're part of, but then also your podcast. Definitely. So I'm an elementary school principal in Waterloo Region, Ontario, Canada, a region of about a half a million people, about an hour west of the greater Toronto area in Ontario, principal at a junior kindergarten to sixth grade school of about 450 kids. Right now, we are navigating through another round of school closures. All of our students, both in person and kids that had chosen distance learning. So all of us are engaged in distance learning right now. And so constant shifting back and forth between in-person and uh, learning at a distance, Mm -hmm. a constant stress, but also a constant opportunity to get things right and and to get right with kids and, and parents and keep them engaged. I've been in education for 25 years. I was a classroom teacher for 16 years before shifting to school leadership. Most of my time was spent teaching French language, but I also Mm -hmm. had the opportunity to teach visual arts, music, and special education. And it was actually school closures uh, back in March 2020 that got me more highly and more deeply engaged with Twitter learning community and with folks like yourself, Joshua, and through uh, Aspire and the Teach Better team, I was able to leverage that community and those connections to uh, branch out on my own. And as you mentioned, uh, develop my own podcast podcast, which debuted this past January. Episode 16 was out yesterday, and it's been it's been a blast to produce and to uh, interact with just some amazing people and an opportunity for me too, to get clearer and clearer on my purpose uh, and to share that out to folks too. Yeah. And your podcast is now a part of the Teach Better Podcast Network. I'm so excited to have you a part of the family. And I was hooked from episode one. I was just a huge fan of your work. And I feel like every week when I listen, I just get more wisdom and knowledge from you. So I'm excited about that project and and the future of that. And I'm so excited just to hear about your book recommendations. So if you're ready, I'd love to jump into the first book. And the first book I've selected to uh, review with you is called The Coaching Habit. Mm. Uh, it's by uh, Michael Bungay Stanier. As you know, every educator and school leader is called uh, at a number of times to be a coach. And investing in other people's performance, success, and happiness is a core purpose and calling for leaders in, in any walk of life. So The Coaching Habit provides a research-based approach to improving coaching based on Uh, what Michael, what the author calls seven essential questions. Mm -hmm. And along with that, there are requisite behavior changes. Just to boil it down to the essential, it's giving advice less and asking questions a lot more. So as I mentioned, the author gives us seven core questions 
uh, to guide opportunities to clarify needs and goals with the coachee, expand on possibilities, and define solutions. And so the, the questions begin with the same one every time. It's what's on your mind? What's on your mind giving the coachee an opportunity just to begin to unload? And, mm-hmm. and gradually, the approach challenges you as the leader, as the coach, to listen deeply and to really stay with the coachee, to gently but really intently uh, really purposely uncover what is most important to to them. And so, you know, that behavior change that uh, Stanier talks about, giving advice less mm-hmm. and asking questions more, for many of us, that's going to require interrupting our usual patterns of thought and behavior. One of the things that uh, the author encourages us to interrupt and to stop doing is asking rhetorical questions. These are just questions that he says are advice with a question mark attached. <laughs> you know, have you thought about or wouldn't you rather? Or right. if we have the answer already, there's no sense having a coaching conversation with your coachee. And I often say that, you know, one can do most anything with a script. Uh, And so the author provides scripts and exercises, really helps you as a reader visualize and rehearse these opportunities. You can actually kind of feel and and embody these coaching conversations kind of playing out with your own inner hearing. So bottom line for this one, provides a simple framework for both new and experienced leaders to coach better and better. It's shifting the focus away from giving answers mm-hmm. to providing the questions that are going to allow your coachee to get at what matters most. And Stanier says it it's about discovering your coachee's ideas instead of the answer you're sure that you already have for them. Well, I think for any leader, not only aspiring leader, but just leader in general, I think that's a huge skill that we could all work on. Because just reflecting on your statement there, I think there's probably some leading questions that I've provided in a in a coaching session to a teacher before. So um, I think that is some huge guidance for our aspiring and our current leaders. All right, Brad, I think that's a wonderful start to the top five leadership books that you have. So let's jump into book number two. Book number two is Relentless by the skateboarding tattooed principal, Hamish Brewer. Yes. Uh, Hamish Brewer is someone that to me exemplifies moving from positive intention to action. So part of this book, Relentless, is a memoir uh, of Hamish. And you can see how Hamish leverages lessons that he's learned uh, through some, some significant difficulties in his life to improve his own life and then to improve the lives of those around you. Now, Hamish can dish it, that's for sure, but he can take it too. He recounts, you know, real talk and hard lessons he received. Um, he's got an amazing, amazing blend of both confidence, but humility. Mm-hmm. He, he knows himself. And, and what's impactful for me is how Hamish models getting clear on your purpose. And then once you're clear on your purpose, you share it out and you mobilize it to improve people's lives in the community, kids' lives, colleagues' lives families' lives. So, okay, we through language, we speak our worlds into existence. And once we get clear on our purpose and we share our purpose through language, not only what we do, but what we say, we open ourselves up to feedback and opportunities to get you know, even clearer and even more effective. So as leaders, those opportunities can only help us grow. We can grow both in authenticity and in influence. Relentless is one of my favorite books. Hamish just does a fabulous job, not only in the book, but if you've ever heard him speak, he is mm-hmm. extremely inspirational. I was going to mention to, to your listeners, if, if anyone has a chance to get the audio book of Relentless uh, as an accompaniment to the text, it's amazing. It, it really, it, I mean, again, you you embody Hamish's uh, energy and presence as you listen to him. Uh, the, new, the New Zealand accent is, for me, it's it just hooked and you, you just ride along this wave of inspiration. And what I've been attempting to do in my growing leadership practice is is what Hamish 
calls disrupting the norm. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, part of leadership is challenging systems that are ineffective or inequitable. Early in our leadership journey, we, we certainly want to uh, play things by the book. We want to do the right thing at the right time for the right people. And I continue as a leader to be really procedurally based, but also I'm getting more and more confident, more and more determined uh, to call out uh, practices or systems that are, just aren't working yeah. for kids or for the adults that serve them. So because as leaders, we're always challenged to improve outcomes for kids, we have to do it from within. Mm-hmm. And to Hamish and to me more and more intentionally, that within is within ourselves, within me as an individual, within us as leaders, but also within our buildings and districts. So once you've got a belief, Hamish says, go get it, pursue your best, whatever it takes, think big, dream big, uh, empower others to transform your spaces by asking why not, you know, putting people in charge of the destiny of your community. Uh, incredible balance, as I mentioned, of individual persona and a commitment to distributive leadership. He he is at the center of what happens in a school community, but he distributes leadership throughout so that everyone plays a part. Mm-hmm. Passion, love, thinking outside the box, that's Hamish Brewer. Yeah. And I love how he challenges norms. I think that's a perfect way of wrapping up that book. So definitely check that out. Relentless by Hamish Brewer. Man, I don't know how you can top that book, Brad. So what's book number three? I'm going to shift gears to a book called Self-Reg Schools, a handbook for educators. This is by Dr. Stuart Schenker and Dr. Susan Hopkins from here in Canada. Listeners might already be familiar with Dr. Schenker's books called Mm -hmm. Self-Reg and Calm, Alert, and Learning. So these books get at the science and theory of self-regulation, the what and the why. This guide, Self-Reg, a handbook for educators, gets at the how. How do we incorporate and leverage self-reg into classroom practices to help not only kids, but educators and every community member? How do we get it to help them thrive? So this book for me is probably among the most important reads I've ever undertaken and uh, Mm. the most important professional learning that I've ever done. It's engendered such transformation for me personally and professionally. So just just a, a background about self-regulation. Uh, working towards self-regulation calls us to grow our stress awareness and to reframe what we see and experience through that lens, that lens of how stresses can either promote or interfere with learning and living. Mm-hmm. Now, stress is anything that causes our bodies and brains to burn energy, to interact with our environments and maintain whole body balance. Often when we consider stress, we think of things that are uh, damaging, frustrating, toxic, but there's also positive stress. I mean, in our schools, we are stressing kids and adults every day. We're causing them to burn energy, to reckon with the business of learning. Um, And there's so much about stress that can be positive and growth inducing, but we have to be really mindful of when stress tips the balance and when people become immobilized by stress. And so Mm -hmm. recognizing the different kinds of stressors. Uh, signs of excessive stress in children as well as ourselves, and then developing techniques to reduce them. When we reduce the harmful stressors, we allow we really allow untold innate capabilities to blossom. Uh, and none of us really knows the potential of any given child or of any you know particular colleague. And so, if we are committed to reducing stressors, we actually allow their best selves to shine through in ways that uh, really may, we may not have, ex- not have expected. I think that's amazing, especially for leadership, because to have a self-regulated campus, you need to be self-regulated yourself, and you need to make sure that you know those techniques. And adults can have flight, fight, or freeze tendencies just like a a child can in a stressful situation. When we see children, just like you said, when we see children in those fight, flight, or freeze situations, it's we we might often associate with 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 misbehavior. Yep. And one of the foundational shifts for me uh, that this guide and Dr. Schenker and Dr. Hopkins promoted in me was. Uh, distinguishing the difference between misbehavior 
and stress-induced behavior. Mm-hmm. Really challenges our thinking about how we interpret and respond to kids and to, to other people in distress, shifting away from behaviorist and, and punitive approaches uh, to try to look at the underlying causes of behavior, what, what the behavior is telling us about stresses, about unmet needs. Uh, when we posit the communicate, that behavior is communication, we can begin to see a child differently. And when we see a child differently, we see a different child in their words. And so mm-hmm. rather than uh, withdraw and isolate, from people or kids in distress, we want to soothe and connect in those cases. And self-reg positions relationships as priceless, protective, and restorative mechanisms. It's it's just been an incredible journey for me uh, as as a self-regger, and uh, you know, promoting and and seeing the ripple effects of this approach in my personal and professional life in my community. It's mm-hmm. been incredibly transformative, and it's it's come to infuse and influence everything that I do. Amazing. I love that text. I didn't know how you were going to be relentless, but that, that sure t- <laughs> tipped the scale for me. I'm so passionate about this topic with trauma-informed practices too. So mm-hmm. I think this text is an amazing recommendation by you. So uh, let's go to book number four. I've got another winner for you. I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, share this amazing title, Award-Winning Culture yes. uh, by our friend and colleague Hans Happel. As we know, in any organization, in any community, culture is everything. It's something that pervades all aspects of the spaces that we inhabit together. And, and these are spaces where people are, are coming together to create something new each and every day. These should be spaces where people look forward to arriving, look forward to connecting, working, supporting, and being supported. You know, They should anticipate that they're going to have fun and leave feeling glad they came and wanting to return. And, and Hans provides the foundation and the framework and the ways to constantly enhance and challenge one's own intentionality about school culture. So in education, that culture is the foundation to a school's potential to enhance and even change the lives of kids and the adults in the building. Hans really stresses that it takes intentionality to tie everything in the school culture back to three things, kindness, empathy, and service. Mm-hmm. And, and who wouldn't want their spaces to have even a little more of any of those things. Yep. The, the the book outlines the vision, the commitment, the action, the constant nurturing that's needed. Hands provides the vision through some just incredible, you know, what I'd call turnaround anecdotes. He gives advice for rallying the support that's needed. He provides practical strategies and activities to draw everyone in. Um, key reflection questions to, to keep it growing. And so, for example, if you're a leader who's new to a building, uh, you can use uh, award-winning culture sort of as a, you can do a culture audit of your space. Uh, and then you can, with your team, you can identify what's going to make the biggest impact first and then grow it outward from there. So uh, he, Hans goes from, from the general inspiring advice to really fine details. And yep. there's no detail left unturned in, in the conversations and anecdotes that he that he ties together and some really powerful ones where, you know, the smallest amount of uh, speech or action can be can be parsed and it can be enhanced. As, as long as you're green, you're growing, right? And so, yep. you know, Hans really gets everyone involved in, in being passionate about building or rebuilding, um, extending uh, the welcoming school, th- school culture that you want to grow. Uh, yeah. It's an incredible book. Couldn't agree more. Hans did a fantastic job with this text and you know, I love the fact that he also had social emotional learning kind of intertwined throughout the book. And I think his wife, Jennifer, said it best when she said SEL isn't something additional on the plate. SEL is the plate. And I think that really is kind of the 
over-encompassing piece to that award-winning culture is, you know, everything that you said as far as making sure that it's inspirational, but then also it has practical tips. All right, Brad, you ready for your last one? Book number five? I'm ready. And this is my most recent read. This is Coaching for Equity, Conversations That Change Practice. And that's by Elena Aguilar. Mm -hmm. And uh, Elena asserts that every conversation is a conversation about equity. And so coaching for equity within our spaces requires that we as leaders know how to recognize inequities and have the tools to know what to do about them. Um, for, for Elena, the, the, the center, the foundation is understanding emotions beginning with one's own. That's integral to the work as a coach of adult learners is knowing your own emotions and how your emotions are changed or provoked or aroused through the coaching process. Uh, often we focus on what the coachee's experience is. And uh, Elena does just a masterful and such an engaging job of bringing the coach's self-talk and the coach's thinking to life. So, so powerful anecdotes of her thinking, her self-talk through the coaching process. So she walks the reader through the phases of transformational coaching. That is the transforma transformational coach surfaces realities in her words and that includes even the challenging problematic realities that the coach is experiencing and as you're doing that you're simultaneously building the relationships and looking for the coach's strengths that you can leverage hmm. and as i said earlier you know i think you could do almost anything with a script and the author provides amazing scripts but again not only of what to say with a coachee but what her own thinking is around the emotions that are welling up within her and just being as real as just, just being so real with what, you know, the emotional struggles and the, and the, and the personal struggles that uh, being a heart led and authentic coach can, can bring about. Well, I could see a theme here, Brad, you've got the coaching model to start your top five and then ended with the top five. So I'm guessing that you are using the coaching method often on your campus. Yeah, I sure am. And, and I'm thrilled to be both a coach and a mentor. And I found that through moment-to-moment -moment coaching and those repeated conversations, then you can develop the relationships that allow you to really just get clear that you want to make investments in people's growth and development. Our district has a real emphasis, uh, a, a real needed emphasis on growing leadership capacity to address inadequacies and, and inequities in our school buildings. Mm -hmm. This last volume, Coaching for Equity, it's, it's, it's ideal for me at the moment because I've, I'm just beginning the inner work of challenging biases and inequities within myself and that I see. And now I'm looking for ways to shift to influence others' practices towards more equitable outcomes for students. And so all of these books that uh, I, I shared with you are, are all part of my toolbox. And the cool thing is they're, they're actually thing, they're actually uh, titles that I return to again and again, and I'm happy to connect other with, others with as well. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcasts. Now let's get back to the episode. So just as a review for the top five leadership books by Brad Hughes, it's The Coaching Habit, Relentless, Leadership for Self-Reg Schools, Award-Winning Culture, and Coaching for Equity. And like you said, equity, ending with that, I think that is probably a extremely important topic right now to make sure everyone is assessing their biases and making sure that it's equitable for all students. So I'm so glad that you ended on that note. And Brad, 
I want to kind of change the subject just a little bit. A huge event is coming up this weekend, which is the 12-hour live event that Teach Better is holding, and you're going to be featured in one of those one-hour sessions. So what is that session all about? I'm thrilled to be uh, connecting with Dr. Dave Schmidt and uh, and other school leaders for a live mastermind. Weekly, actually twice weekly on Tuesdays, Teach Better Admin Mastermind gets together and uh, Dave opens the floor to school leaders in all stages of development and you know all across the country and different countries around the world to to bring problems of practice forward and to seek advice and different perspectives. And it's been a game changer for me, not only in terms of my professional practice, but but growing those relationships with countless others all over the place that I know are in my corner that I could turn to at a moment's notice. And so this is an opportunity for us to share out the power of that admin mastermind. It's also a great opportunity for me to meet and connect with, with other leaders and, and to grow everyone's leadership practice through the opportunity. It, 12 hour live is no joke. Like it, it it is really just, it's packed from start to finish with incredible educators, incredible perspectives, tons of fun. And, uh, you know, the Teach Better team does it better than anyone I know with authenticity, heart-led service, but also lots and lots of fun. So tremendous privilege to be invited to be, you know, a part of this family and, and to be part of the 12-Hour Live and looking forward to, again, you know, getting clearer and clearer on my purpose, sharing out what I believe and think and, and getting my beliefs and actions challenged so I can grow as a, as a leader even more. So the event's going to be this Saturday, April 24th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern time. And if you are interested, it's going to be streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. By chance, you can't make it for some of the 12-hour live. You can always go back and you can find it on YouTube. So I'm going to be doing a couple sessions myself. I have the honor and pleasure of speaking with Mandy Frolic, and she's going to talk about social-emotional learning, not only for students, but for staff. And I can't wait to, to speak with her. And I can't wait to tune in for Brad's segment, one hour of the Mastermind. And so excited that you are part of the Teach Better family, part of the podcast network. And I just love everything that you're producing with the Good News, Brad News podcast. And for those who are interested in the top five leadership books that Brad had gone through during this podcast, I'll have links in the show notes for anyone who wants to look those up. And Brad, it's always a pleasure, my friend, to speak with you. Thank you so much for these recommendations. I know they're going to help a lot of people. The pleasure is mine, Joshua. And I'd encourage any of our listeners to hit me up on Twitter. Uh, I would love to extend the conversation about these titles, about anything that you hear on the podcast, uh, talking about the teacher better family. Uh, anything that I can do to support others is, is what I'm all about. So please hit me up and thanks again for the opportunity and hope we can do it again soon.